Hi everyone. I'm your host, Kelsey, and welcome to Greater Connection. Here we explore, learn, heal, and grow together as we dive into ways to connect more fully to ourselves, our relationships, and the greater world around us. Let's connect. All right, everybody, welcome back to Greater Connection. I'm excited to talk to you today about relational dialectics. And I feel like we may have all experienced what contradictions, paradoxes, mixed emotions feel like and how confusing it can be to have two emotions or two things existing at the same time. I don't know about you, but I feel this on the daily. And as I've grown up, lived through different life experiences, and have even gathered and adopted different perspectives, I've really understood that opposing forces can exist at the same time and be really commonplace. And this doesn't necessarily make anything easier. I believe we are always whether subconsciously or consciously wrestling with this ourselves. And what is also true is that this is something that we also deal with in our relationships. I remember my first communication class ever, Intro to Communication 101 in Santa Barbara. Shout out to Santa Barbara City College. It was my first exposure to anything related to communication studies. And it was a class that sparked my initial interest in learning more about the subject. And learning about relational dialectics was such a part of that because when I learned this information, it was just like bells going off in my head like, oh, okay, yeah, this is why we studied communication. This is why connection can be so disjointed sometimes. I was in a relationship at the time that I lived in Santa Barbara where my boyfriend also went to school. I was in love on my own, kind of, you know, still dependent in many ways, but living the dream. And as one can imagine, there was also so many things going on in life, especially things evolving in my relationship in this different phase that were really becoming present and impactful. I was in this class and it was in this class that I learned about relational dialectics theory. And this theory to this day is one of my favorites that is taught in communication as well as being one that is easy to understand and helps put so much of what we experience in interpersonal relationships into perspective. This theory was developed by Barbara Montgomery and Leslie Baxter in the 1980s. And this theory summed up in one sentence is that communication is essentially the sum of managing differences in flow and in flux all the time. In more detail, this theory poses that it is a natural human experience to have struggles and contradictions that create tension within relationships. And it is the managing of these contradicting forces that is necessary in any interpersonal or collective relationship. Essentially, we will have opposing tensions in a relationship, and it is essential to manage these tensions to enable any sort of relating. Some popular and ever-present dialectical tensions are connection versus autonomy, openness versus closeness, certainty and uncertainty, and novelty and stability. There are many words that can be interchanged, but these are some of the common ones. What Baxter and Montgomery pose are four assumptions with this theory. The first is that our relationships are not one-dimensional, but instead have ebbs and flows, highs and lows, and are ever-changing and never static or linear. The next is that change is inevitable in the human experience, especially within our relationships. 
The third is that these contradictions and tensions due to these opposites never go away and that this pressure is a present part of relationships and one that remains but takes on different looks and feelings at different times depending on fluctuating needs and desires. Four is that communication is the key to managing these oppositions and working through relational dynamics due to these tensions. Although I learned this theory as it pertains to interpersonal relationships, I think another way we can reason with these tensions is also acknowledging them within ourselves. In connection, so much of what we see and experience externally is connected internally as well. While I used to view this concept as what happens in my relationships, I've really learned contradictions are also ever-present within me too. For example, I love to be social, and also I enjoy spending time alone with myself as well. I value new and invigorating culinary experiences, and I also value taking care of my health and wellness with attention to nutrition. Another one I love is that I love the beach and I hate the sand. I love to eat food with my hands and build creative, delicious bites like tacos, for example, but annoyed when my fingers get dirty. The point is, these contradictions exist in all of us, and some would argue that it is just an intrinsic part of being a complex human and relating to the dialectics innate within our human experience. We live in a world that is increasingly polarizing. Judgment is not only easy, but also necessary to navigate this world. But it can also put us into a mode where we feel like we need to slap a label or an identity onto something to know how to categorize it and how to feel about it. It is a natural way of understanding our worlds. However, what also makes this world so abundantly beautiful and what makes us humans especially so various, exciting, and dynamic is the nuance, the differences, the multiplicities we all inherently have within us. I know that is something that I appreciate about myself, and I also can resent it at times too. It is hard to have mixed feelings not have clear-cut lines of what something is or not, and to wrestle with opposing stimuli, whether it's coming from something external or within our own selves. At the end of the day, not knowing how to categorize something or dealing with its ambiguous nature is uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable for us as humans. It's uncomfortable for in the human experience. So how can we best cope and manage these dynamics as they come up? Before diving into relational dialectic theory and reasoning with contradictions in our interpersonal relationships, let's first talk about mixed emotions within ourselves or personal and internal contradictions because I believe this really helps with how we can better sustain these things as they come up in our interpersonal relationships too. First off, we can acknowledge that mixed feelings exist and that it's okay to have them. These things can feel overwhelming when looking outward, but I feel that they are less threatening or uncommon when we see these dialectics are real in our own personal worlds too. Binary thinking is natural, and it's usually the human brain's intention to do so in order to make sense of something. But life isn't black or white. It's full of so many colors and dimensions. 
When we acknowledge we have mixed emotions or opposites within us, we give ourselves the grace to hold multiple things at the same time. When we can identify that we really are simply having a thought pattern that is binary in nature. And this can look like thoughts that contain either or or. For example, I'm either a morning person or a night person. It's been really normalized to think this way so much that it's encouraged by society and naturally harder to manage holding multiple truths at the same time. But a strategy we can do here is replace either or or with and. This will be uncomfortable. I know some of you out there are probably like, what? How does anything make sense when everything can be true at the same time? How can things be this and that at the same time? But this simple trick to reframe actually can provide not only relief, but disempower two choices and allow for acceptance of the nuanced and dynamic nature that just is. It takes the pressure off and allows grace to truly come in, in a way that doesn't actually complicate, but in reality, simplifies. Anticipate the discomfort, but trying this approach may actually lead to long-term understanding of self and others and relieve the need to have a binary understanding of everything and everyone all at the same time. What this reframe does is give us acceptance, and it relieves ourselves of having to make any strong or strict stances that are honestly unnatural and more unreasonable. When we have mixed emotions internally... The pressure can be to decide which side to take, but I invite you instead to take this opportunity to truly allow for acceptance that, in reality, both may be true, and something doesn't need to be decided on, but instead, both truths can be accepted and managed accordingly. When I allow myself to think that I am a night owl and I like to have early night sleep and do early mornings too, I relieve myself from that binary thinking and allow it all to exist at the same time. And yes, it is uncomfortable, but over time, it really becomes less so. Adopting this way of thinking also prepares us to have that type of understanding and resonance within our interpersonal relationships as well. In an interview, Baxter commented that she acknowledges that relating is no easy thing, and I really agree with her on that. There are the highs and the lows, the ebbs and the flows, and constant changes that are not inherently easy to flow with. And at the end of the day, it takes work to relate and to allow the nuance to be present within our relationships so that they don't trump us in the end. Which is why applying these tools to self can really help our interactions too. And so next, how can we understand relational dialectic theory to help us in relationships? First, we can start by acknowledging that differences are going to exist. They are in the room, kind of always, and not really going anywhere. So that simple acknowledgement can relieve us from the pressure to understand everyone and everything all at once. As we revisit some popular relational dialectics, we can also see how these complementary and competing tensions are going to exist at the same time. We'll experience different degrees of these opposites depending on the evolving needs and desires individually in conjunction with whom we are relating to as well. For example, we want autonomy and connection at the same time. Open and closeness, certainty and novelty, stability and unpredictability all at the same time. 
We may want one of these, and our partner or friend or family member might want the other at the same time. And reasoning these tensions is going to enable us to have more acceptance and healthy relationships and overall a more easeful time relating to others and give us the chance to be better understood ourselves as well. I feel like at this point, some of you are seeing some experiences in your own lives where you may have experienced some of these tensions relationally. When I talk about romantic relationships, one of the big things that can come up is the dialectic between connection and autonomy. In a new relationship, we often want to spend time with the other and also may increasingly become aware of personal space and autonomy that we desire as well. When we are unable to see and accept that both can be true at the same time, it can be uncomfortable and contentious even. And it's usually in this moment where tensions become even stronger and we may start engaging in behaviors that make our relationship more difficult to participate in because of the tense climate. Some strategies to manage these dialectics come in various forms. Naturally, the first is to select, and this involves alternating between one thing or the other. There are times I want connection with my partner, and there are times I want to be alone and live in my independence. I might wholly decide to do one or the other, while that might allow for simplicity in the present moment, it can also enable more binary behavior patterns, and this will influence the relationship in a certain way depending on the dynamic, choosing one or the other, or even going back and forth. The next strategy is to segment, and this happens when we identify our different needs and put them in different spheres to be satisfied in different parts of our life. Again, with connection and autonomy, I desire connection, and so I involve myself in activities and community spaces to feel that, such as being in a partnership or, for me, being a part of a dance school. But I also acknowledge my needs for privacy and space to have personal relationships. And that time is just for me. I take those interpersonal moments and I take that space to be with myself. This could blend a few different dialectics together too, such as the need for openness and closeness in a relationship and the need for connection and autonomy as well. In this development of a new relationship, we might have parts of us that want to have those moments of connection and ability to build intimacy through openness. But there might be times, too, where we want to keep certain feelings and experiences more personal and independent. And you can see how these contradictions and these tensions can be ever-present and really play into dynamics. When fear, discomfort, and unexpected needs or desires come up, it can be daunting, bottom line. The next strategy is to just neutralize. And this is described as reaching a compromise where neither person's need is being fully satisfied. And this may seem passive, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there won't be conflict or contention. We partially satisfy everyone's needs, but overall it might actually be unsatisfactory. I may be engaging with someone who wants to spend a lot of their time with me, but maybe I need to spend more time alone. We could compromise by spending a few nights a week together, and this may or may not satisfy the needs of the relationship. It can still kind of be a dualistic approach, but it also might be satisfying too, and it remains to be seen how those compromises can be lived out, essentially. And the last and final strategy is one that involves, in my opinion, a little bit more emotional maturity, some creativity, and ultimately a lot of understanding, but also all of these things will likely lead to more relational satisfaction. 
and one that can really blend all of these approaches too, and that is to reframe into a dynamic of acceptance and management. Navigating these contradictions can be tough, but not impossible. And when we think about the dynamic between novelty and stability, first accepting and respecting that both exist in us and for the other person, and in the relationship being formed, it can take the edge off. But the key in transcending these contradictions and managing them so that they don't lead to conflict is through, you guessed it, communication. Communication, baby. At the end of the day, our needs and our desires are always evolving, and we need connection just as much as we need our autonomy. We need to feel like there's a level of stability and predictability, and also some novelty and some newness. And truly communicating these to the other person, especially from the lens of acceptance and understanding that multiples can exist at the same time, It allows for us to massage these dialectics and find a common ground. There really are ways to allow for all needs and desires to be present and honor all of these things within us and within our relationships. By leaning into communication, we can help ourselves from not falling into the separateness or the passivity of always neutralizing, but ebbing and flowing in ways that work best for your relationship. The best relationships I have are the ones that implement compassionate communication in service of understanding and mutual respect, knowing that the ebb and flow is part of the dynamic. For example, in a new relationship, there may be one person that is much more comfortable opening up and the other might be more closed off. I am a very interested, naturally chatty, and curious person, and I can have the tendency of asking a lot of questions. I had experiences where I have been talking to someone and they weren't seemingly interested in opening up or telling me more things about their life. And as you can imagine, this had the potential to create a scenario that led to increased contention and disconnection. My first impulse was to judge and separate. There were thoughts like, oh, this person is just avoidant, or maybe they're uninterested in getting to know me. This person maybe struggles to be vulnerable, so maybe I should just take myself out of the dynamic. But instead, taking on the perspective that two things can exist at the same time and adopting a compassionate and accepting perspective, I really settled into the thought that, hey, maybe this person is very interested in connecting and deepening our connection further. They've clearly demonstrated participation in that up to this point. And also, and keyword, maybe there are other things also true for this person that causes them some pause on opening up on other topics, because I know that that can also be true for me too. So instead, I approached the tension with communication and asked them what could be a good solution to this tension. I expressed my need, desire, and willingness to be vulnerable and even share on the unflattering stuff, told them that was something important to me to receive as well, and also how we could approach that in a way that felt comfortable. This was a bit uncomfortable, yes, but the results that came from it allowed for thoughtful collaboration that enables everyone's needs and desires to not only be honored, but met as well. 
When communicating, the other person shared that they're more open to talking about some subjects and not others, and that there are certain hot topics that they would like some more time to reveal and would like that to be respected as well. And at the same time, they gave me the green light on subjects that we could get more into and offered new ways we could connect that weren't previously identified. They didn't want to talk about their absent father just yet, but they were willing to share more on the impact of that absence in their present day. They gave us increased understanding of what we both needed and wanted from the connection while acknowledging contradictory needs within ourselves and our developing relationship. And we were able to leverage some creativity to find solutions to meet the current mutual needs in the relationship. Another way this has played out in relationships has been in a dynamic with a friend. This is in regards to the dialectic between novelty and predictability. When we would make plans, they always wanted to be doing something new, trying a new restaurant, going on a new hike, seeing a new show, all things I love to do and value so much. But at the same time, I was excited by these options, but also craving some level of expectation and predictability. I didn't mind going to a delicious restaurant that we had previously eaten at or having a movie night and watching Bridesmaids for the fifth time. It wasn't boring to me, but comforting, just as novelty was exciting for them. But with some communication and acceptance, and especially a willingness to work on these dynamics, we were able to strike some compromises and reframe it all in service of the relationship we wanted to have. Communicating my needs and desires of being happy, sticking to a plan we already knew, and not trying many new things all of the time, and hearing them out on why they feel called to more newness and novelty, this actually increased our connection and allowed for more true understanding in a way that we could manage and acknowledge all things involved. Explaining my comforts and what I wanted allowed for her to see that it's not that I don't want to try new things. I just don't need to do them as frequently to feel that high from novelty. Hearing that they love to try new things because they are at a point in their life where they have the time and the resources to do so also allowed me to see why that was their preference right now and have respect for that outlook. We settled on switching off when we were going to hang out. A new thing and a new old repeated thing when we would hang. And at that point, after having that honest communication and owning our mixed feelings and leaving space for it all to exist, we found creative solutions. And naturally, we were able to grow closer from connecting from that process as well. At the end of the day, it's so typical that in those moments where you have an opportunity to be vulnerable and communicate honestly and openly, there really is such a great opportunity to find common ground and enable future understanding with one another, as well as allow for these tensions to really be managed instead of destroying relationships. And at the end of the day, when we take a good look at ourselves and acknowledge the complexities and contradictions within our own personal worlds, we can accept them in others and work to find creative and compassionate solutions to help everyone evolve in relationships, as this is ultimately what we want after all, right?
Really being able to accept these opposites in our lives will only be able to enable us to relate better to other people, but also give us grace on ourselves too, that not everything is going to make this linear sense, be true or false, this or that. But we all have all these different colors of the rainbow within us, just as other people do too. And it's just about being able to see people for their full spectrum, honor that, relate to it, meet it with compassionate communication. It's really what's going to enable greater connection. And so I hope this was a nice breakdown of one of my favorite theories, you guys, relational dialectics theory. I hope this helps you a little bit in your relationships as well, or even help you find a little bit more grace and compassion for yourself and all of the beautiful things that you possess. And I really look forward to catching you guys in the next one. Thank you so much for listening to an episode of Greater Connection. I'm so happy to have you here. If you feel like this episode resonated with you at all, pass it on to someone that you love. And in the meantime, stay connected. I'll see you in the next one.